Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 77. And you've just got me this week. It's a shortish show and I just wanted to have a little bit of a chat about my move, some of the things I learnt in um, moving from a water damage building uh, and some of the things that we did to ensure we didn't bring things across that were contaminated. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about um, the fact that I'm going to be doing a monthly show, Just Me, uh, to sort of kick off like a little bit of, a little bit more chat, a bit of uh, experimentation, talk a little bit about some of the things I do to bring awareness around various low-tox life um, pillars, food, body, mind, and home in my day-to-day and how I actually create change and make it stick because this is often something that we uh, talk about or I get asked in private messages on Instagram or Facebook and I I can't respond to all the private messages and I'm just trying to think about how I can be more useful and it just made me think right we need to have a monthly show whether where I take a lot of those questions um, that come through and address them on the show and talk a little bit about some some stuff I've been working on that month. So, uh, we have a wonderful sponsor with us this month on the show. It's the lovely Emporio Organico, both online and physical shop. If you are lucky enough to live in Sydney, the shop is physically in Crow's Nest and it is gorgeous. It is just such a, a stunning shop. Kitsa, uh, Yaniotis, who has been a, um, a well-known figure in the GAPS circles as a GAPS practitioner. Uh, she used to be a psychotherapist and before that was a lawyer and kind of um, realised through uh, having an autistic son herself and wanting him to have uh, the best possible life he could have, that she could help many others uh, do the same and um, through diet and lifestyle interventions. And uh, and she, she's gone on to do that and now has a beautiful shop and the shop is also online and, and they have a wonderful range and I always joke that Kitsa buys jewellery for me better than my husband could because I, I really don't wear jewellery. I have my beautiful engagement ring actually incidentally that's my favourite piece of jewellery my husband did design that um, but I don't wear jewellery or tend to wear much jewellery outside of that and Kitsa has given me over the years uh, because we're friends my two favourite pieces and I love that in the Emporio Organico store that she actually has a, a small curated um eco-focused jewellery line, you know, sustainable, sustainably sourced metals and all those sorts of good things. And they're just stunning, um, stunning, stunning things. Really simple, not much, and everything's lovable. And I, that's my kind of shop. Keep it keep it simple. You know, um, the place that I buy most of my um, fresh produce at is Whole Foods House over in Woolara. Uh, if I can't get to a market that week. And I just love that in the tiny square meterage that they have, you literally have everything you could possibly need. It's literally just a needs shop with a few treats. And it's it's quite scary in having done our move this week, how much I can see by how much we had to leave behind just how little we need. And my husband and I were saying the other day, gosh, it feels so freeing. It feels like we're living in an Airbnb. <laughs> It's just amazing um, how little we need, um, how powerful and what a gift to be reminded of that as often as possible so that we don't give in to old patterns of of accepting things, buying things, taking things on that really don't serve us in any kind of useful or beautiful way in our lives. Um, especially things we surround ourselves with at home. We walk past these things like hundreds of times a week and if it's kind of slightly annoying, imagine what that adds up to in terms of how you feel about your home space, right? But anyway, back to Emporio Organico, the offer that we have from Kitsa for this month and, in fact, actually for two months, so you have it for March and April, which is lovely of her, is 15% off on a select few items in the store. And I'll run you through what those are. You have the brilliant Organic 3 supplement line. Now, as I'm just about to talk about supplements a little bit, please know that this is not medical advice. Supplements should always be discussed with your practitioner, whether whether they're a conventional or a holistic one. This is not something you want to go just um, picking things up off the internet without sort of running past someone. What um, what uh, you know what what the benefit of that thing is going to be? 
for you specifically um, in your individual case. But uh, something that drew me to the Organic 3 line in specifically the Gut Pro. Now, um, I know some of you are going to go and you're going to have a look at this and you're going to Google it and you're going to go, it's how much? But the dosage is micro, micro. So you're going to have this in your fridge for a really long time um, before you freak out at the price. I'm just going to say that. Uh, and the, the gut pro, um, probiotic blend was something I happened upon after being prescribed a probiotic that really, really kicked my inflammation, my gut inflammation up a notch and my reactivity to food. So, um, you know, flushed hives, all that kind of stuff. And it was the point in my chronic inflammatory response journey. Um, and if you haven't heard about SIRS, please go back and listen to my show with Dr. Gupta on SIRS. It's, uh, it just tells you everything about it and you'll know what I've been through. Um, you see, um, once you start researching probiotics, you think it must, like this was the only thing that I took that week that was different to any other supplements that I was on. So there must be something about that probiotic and made me delve into researching individual strains and what they did and the impact that they could have. And if at all, could a negative impact be experienced? And sure enough, it can. And this is exactly why we want to chat to practitioners and practitioners who really understand probiotics. Um, Shalani McRae, who's been on, uh, she's an expert on all of our courses and often jumps into chat groups with students, always talks about don't just take a probiotic willy-nilly. You need to think about your individual case and what it is you need because these guys, they're really important, especially if you're doing guesswork and you haven't even done a stool test to know what's going on inside your belly um, and what's coming um, what's coming out and what um, population sizes of, of various bacteria you have, you can really throw things off balance quite easily by taking the wrong probiotic for yourself. So if you can't afford to get to a practitioner and you, you just want to sort of gently experiment, then please be super aware and, and be really realistic and say, you know what, this is not working for me. Just because people say out there that probiotics are good for you and you've got to take a probiotic every day, there's many different types and many different combinations and you might just happen upon one that is not going to serve you super well. So I learned about histamine uh releasing probiotics and histamine degrading probiotics. And there's various strains that um, that liberate histamine in your system and some that calm histamine down in your system. And given I had a very elevated histamine, that was very interesting to me because once I then researched the strains that were in the probiotic that I'd been given, I realized that they were majority histamine releasing. And because this was a let's recover from antibiotics after that surgery situation, I went on a super high dose. So I took a lot of these probiotics. And so that's why I felt the effects so dramatically in a negative way. So I found Gut Pro uh, just by searching over and over again online for something that was going to be histamine degrading, um, inflammation degrading, calming, um, and, and what those strains were. And Gut Pro delivered in spades. So it's a really wonderful probiotic for anyone who feels like they're quite histamine-y, quite reactive. You get hives easily after eating, or you get a, you know, palpitation, heartbeat situation after food. Um, those are a couple of the major clues that you might, um, have high histamine levels or have one of the um, the genes that mean you don't process histamines in food so well. So uh, my advice around that in my own experience and research would be to um, cut way, way back on any leftovers. That was devastating to me to have to cut back on leftovers because I pride myself on making things evolve over the week, um, day after day into new things. But um, And I've been able to bring them back since. I've brought my overall inflammation picture down quite dramatically. But back then I really had to ditch all fermented foods, all long cooked bone broths. I could only have um, broths and stocks that had been cooked for half an hour, an hour tops. Um, still lots of goodness in them, but I just it's all about how long something's cooked. So slow cooked things, not so much. Leftovers, not so much because histamine rises in them. Fish, not so much unless it was literally caught that morning fresh, take it home, cook it straight away. Um, 
or um, uh, what else? Uh, tinned fish, no, no. Canned foods, no, no. Um, and then a few produce items. So eggplant, avocado, uh, spinach, um, tomatoes. Those are the major ones. And I just sort of stayed away from all of that stuff while I was bringing my inflammation down and then get a probiotic that also then kind of um, – sort of doubles down on your efforts with your diet to calm your system down some more. So Gut Pro is fantastic for that. And um, another thing that she has on her 15% off offer is the uh, Rosita's Cod Liver Oil. Again, funnily enough, just talking about histamine, this is a non-fermented cod liver oil. So it's great for the more reactive types amongst us. And it's wonderful coming into the cooler months or just, you know, if you're up in the Northern Hemisphere, you're going into the a big seasonal change as well. And cod liver oil gives us all those fantastic EPA, DHA, um, and all the other um, essential fatty acids is such a good supplement. And uh, and Rosita's is sustainably farmed, uh, sustainably fished, sorry, and uh, on, on small boats. And, uh, and their method is fantastic. They're third party tested. So it really is very pure. And, uh, and personally, I think of all the cod liver oils, it's, it's my favorite from what I've seen. Uh, so if you haven't tried that one and, and you're after a good fish oil, then I would definitely give it a go. Uh, and then she has the vital proteins range on, um, on the 15% off offer as well. And now this is fantastic. The vital proteins beef gelatin is what I use now for, um, jellies, panna cottas, uh, marshmallow, anything that I want to set, gummies. It is just fantastic. And the beef are pasture raised, pasture fed and finished. And, um, uh, no pesticides are used on the property or anything. So you're not going to get any contamination there. And gelatin, of course, is packed with beautiful amino acids. Uh, and it's wonderful to give ourselves those building blocks. You know, I always think, you know, if we're going to eat treats like our marshmallows and our panna cottas and jellies and things, then we might as well make it, them work for us. And the old school sachets that you would pour into boiling water as the water turned bright blue or bright pink with the fake fake colours, fake flavours, petroleum derived. Oh, my goodness, like what did we and, – and that was comfort food when you were sick, right, those crazy jellies. And to use something like this and a fresh juice, um, chunks of fruit through it or a beautiful panna cotta with coconut milk like the one on the blog um, or the marshmallow if you're ever going to make the low-tox – Rocky Road, which is delicious um, and certainly an epic treat, then it's great and uh, a little goes a long way and I find a big jar of that will last, gosh, I think the last time I bought it was over a year ago. You know, you're not going to be making panna cotta or gummies every day. Um, You might make them even once a week, but it will last you months and months and months and months, even if you make these things quite often from time to time. So enjoy that offer. And um, I'm sorry, sort of tangent and stretch out the the partner offer um, spiel for a bit longer than I normally would, but there were opportunities to share um, quite a bit about why I've come to use those products as well. So that's that's always useful. But that um, that gut pro probiotic is wonderful, and the the dosage is seriously tiny, as I said. So please don't balk at the over a hundred dollar price tag. Um, now. On today's show, I just wanted to talk about my move and a couple of things I did. I got asked so many questions privately uh, and I, I wish that I just had endless hours to be replying to everybody, but I don't. So the main questions I got asked are, how do I know that my home is moldy? If I think it might be, but I'm not sure. Um, what we did in the end uh, was... Uh, on top of all of my symptoms and definitely hitting the numbers I needed to hit in terms of the Shoemaker Diagnostic um, clusters because uh, mold illness and chronic inflammatory response syndrome affects many different symptoms in the body. It's why a lot of people get called hypochondriacs. It's all in your head. You can't have all of that going on. Trust me when I say it can be a dark and lonely place when no one believes you. But uh, or when you get told yet again that you've got perfect blood tests, um, so there's nothing wrong with you and it is all in your head and you get referred to 
psychologists. Um, it's nothing wrong with psychologists. They can be very useful. But uh, when you really know deep down you don't need one and you need someone to help you work on this crazy biochemical response you're having, then um, then it can feel a bit lonely for a while. But what I did was I got um, as many tests as I could get done in Australia and the Toxic Mould Support uh, Australia website has those tests listed. And when that confirmed in line with my symptoms that there was a SERS picture, and as I said at the start of the show, if you want a whole show on chronic inflammatory response syndrome, please go back and listen to my show with Dr. Gupta. It is a wonderful show. Um, and he explains absolutely everything. And I ask a lot of pointed and um, ordered questions around this. Um, and, uh, and yes, it then for that, that sort of kind of confirmed it as well. And then I started to really collect, um, uh, an anecdotal N equals one, um, picture. So for example, I would go away and, um, uh, one of my first, um, memories in retrospect, it's always annoying when you look back in retrospect, isn't it? Because you think, oh, if I'd known that back then, or if I'd just thought to get that test, or if I'd just realized it was mold a bit earlier, but you know you can you can hurt yourself um, and uh, and and damage your um, your I don't know your self esteem I guess like you can really bring yourself down if you spend too much in coulda woulda shoulda land too much time there's not helpful you can have a day where you just think oh man I can't believe it and boy did I have that day but uh, but you got to move forward after that. And one of those days was when I realized I didn't need my eye operation at all. I had had a blocked tear duct and so my eye was streaming and streaming and streaming and streaming and no one could figure out why, no one could unblock it. So when the um, ophthalmologist goes in with a syringe, so much fun, into your tear duct to try and syringe some saline solution down and it all just spits back up. They know that there's a full blockage and that's when you get referred to um, um, ENT and facial plastics surgeon um, to um, investigate it further. And then um, when they say that there's a blockage, the only way that they can uh, unblock it is to go in and find out what the blockage is and open it up. And for me, there was no actual blockage. There were no particles or anything. It was literally just that the tear duct, um, little, I guess they call it a vessel, uh, was, um, or the tube, let's call it, was closed over. Like it was closed up. It was pinched together because it was, um, uh, inflamed, uh, basically. Um, but it did, uh, open up. And in retrospect, I remember before when I was chatting, I was like, don't you find it strange though, that when I went to Mauritius for my godson's wedding, it stopped tearing. And then I came back and it started tearing and everyone just kind of put it down to a bit of a shoulder shrug. You know, we only know what we know, right? And that's me included, surgeons included, doctors, ophthalmologists, it's all of us. We only know what we know. But uh, what I now know is that tearing eyes and excessive tearing of eyes is really common in SERS patients and um, people with mold illness. And so, of course, um, that's why I didn't have the tearing when I was in Mauritius because my inflammation went down. Um, and I remember feeling better when I was over there. I remember working more clearly. I remember my brain working better. And then I started to think as I started to realize this was a mold issue, a water damage building issue. Then you start to think of everything back through the years. You think, gosh, that time I went to France on that trip, it wasn't just because I'd been on a trip on my own and, and didn't have to be a, a mum and a wife and a working and, you know, I was out of my day to day and that's always super refreshing. But the level at which I felt amazing after that trip was really pointed. And that was about five years ago. Really amazing. Like, oh my gosh, I haven't felt like this for since before I, um, before I fell pregnant. And then I started to think about other trips. I thought, wow, well, there were trips that I went on for work that were really intense and really busy and meetings, 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 research all day, every day, conferences where I'm just, you know, it like being bombarded with speaker after speaker after speaker. And after those trips, I felt so amazing. And every time I came back, I started to realize in retrospect that over the years, seven years we lived there, over the years, I just felt a little bit 
more and more down every time I came home. And this one time that my husband and I went on a holiday and, um, and the grandmas both um, shared the responsibility of our beautiful little man, um, uh, I came home and the whole apartment had obviously been completely closed up because it wasn't like uh, Ol was still home and, and opening things up every day. And so, so the whole apartment was just closed. So we got home and I remember taking my shoes off and feeling the carpet under me was was wet and it was cold and damp, um, but not in a mouldy smelling. This is why it took us so long to figure it out for sure. Um, and and I remember lying on the couch straight away, curling up and almost going into like a fetal position and feeling a wave of depression. And I've never felt that before. So my heart goes out to people who struggle with this challenge on a daily basis. It is heavy and hard and dark. And I just remember it literally coming over me like a wave. And, um, and, you know, that was just being home. And I love my home. I love my life. I love my work. I love my family. I have absolutely no reason to feel down when I come home. And in fact, I usually, I always am very excited to come home. I, I'm, heck, I'm excited to come home after one night away from my family, racing in, trying to get a plane that makes sure I time it before my son goes to bed so I can say goodnight and have a squeezy hug. So, um, I started to see this more and more, started to think it's this house. But then, of course, we're trying to save, trying to save up for a deposit. It takes a long time in Sydney if um, if you didn't start uh, really early in life. And unfortunately, um, three career changes means you kind of start from the bottom each time in terms of your earnings. So, and that's okay. I'm owning that. I absolutely don't regret any decision I've ever made. But uh, what what that meant was it meant we were very tied to the fact that we were excited about uh, the fact that we had really inexpensive rent where we were. It was an anomaly in Sydney, certainly in the area that we lived in, and we just found it really hard to struggle with the idea of moving because it was going to cost that much more per week to live somewhere else, especially when we want to be saving um, to own something one day. So... What um, what that meant was we kind of would just put it on the back burner. Like I had the domain and the real estate apps on my phone and I would always kind of casually check things out, but nothing would ever come up in, um, in our area or certainly in the price bracket that we were after. But things got really bad after that surgery. It was uh, chatting to my doctor, Dr. Mignot, uh, yesterday when I was going through my whole history um, because she's taken my case on to take me off the plateau that I'm currently on, which is, you know, I'm in a good place. I've done a lot of the work uh, myself and with the wonderful Dr. Jess Armine over in the States. Uh, and, and ta- you know, I just wanted to work with someone local for a while, someone who really had a deep understanding of mold illness, which she does, and she's lived through it herself. Um, and, uh, and, and so we went over my whole case history and, the general anesthetic is basically something that kicked that inflammation I was experiencing being in the house that we were in to a whole new level because my detoxification pathways were so blocked, so broken and tired over so many years of living there, trying to, trying to remove this stuff uh, from my body, but not being entirely able. That is what then caused the full blown So the twitching, the tremors, the, ectopic beats, heart palpitations, extreme constipation. Um, I could go on and on, tinnitus, uh, so many things, so many things. I remember having to list my symptoms on my first um, uh, my first patient session with Dr. Jess Armine and, uh, and there were 29 symptoms that I was experiencing on a daily level. So, um, and so Min was, Dr. Min Yo yesterday was like, wow, this is full-blown sirs, and you've managed to climb back from that to this point. It's incredible. Um, uh, and uh, and I sort of attribute it to basically working with um, Dr. Armine over the months and identifying some key things that were just going to help me reduce inflammation in the place that we were um, and really help me work on my detox pathways, help me work on homeostasis because it's highly 
uh, acidic, help me work on some of the key mineral deficiencies that people with SIRS have. So potassium was key, molybdenum was key, um, and then the supplements that I was taking. Um, and I'll, I can list those in the show notes for you guys, but please do not self-diagnose. I, even when I wanted to try something new and I didn't have the money to go and have a full po- appointment with a practitioner at the time, I used a 15-minute phone consult option, whatever the cheapest is, to just run past. I'm thinking of trying this, this, and this. Is this going to contraindicate with anything else? Is this going to be dangerous? Are the dosages that I'm considering based on the research I've done reading up in the forums going to be okay for me and my genetics because I have that information and I really, I, I cannot impress upon you enough that I'm not trying to internet doctor you. This is not medical advice. This is simply my experience. So anyway, I got to where I got and then we had the ERMI test. This was our nail in the coffin, our final moment of, wow, we need to get you out of here. And the ERMI and Hertz Me tests, uh, we talk about extensively with Dr. Gupta in the SERS show. Um, but essentially what they are is they test the mold spore count in your dust and uh, give you levels that are either in Q1, 2, 3, or 4. And people um, who can genetically uh, and um, in terms of their f- uh, um, biochemistry are really great detoxes and recognize mold as a toxin, mycotoxins, the um, toxins that mold spores release as toxins and eject them really effectively, um, don't have these symptoms the way someone who can't and is um, detoxification impaired. So that's why my husband can be just fine, but I can be like feeling like I'm going to die soon. You know, it was really, really crazy to think we could both be in the same place and he be fine and I be not, but that's when genetics comes into play. So an ERMI test can be really wonderful when you just feel like you need some evidence for everybody involved to understand, right, this is big and this is clearly not the environment that you're going to be able to thrive in. And um, I, I thank God every day that I've got the relationship that I have and the partner support that I have for Ollie to have seen the result of that test and um, to have been the one to literally spearhead, right, we've got to get out of here, let's get on those apps, let's send each other properties we're thinking about visiting and whoever can make it to any, you know, we really kicked it up a notch because we got the Q4 result, of course, bright red at the bottom, which is basically get the heck out of there as fast as you can. You should not be living there and you will not be able to get well if you have SIRS in this environment. So it was a wonderful uh, confirmation, a real springboard for us. And that's a test you can do in Australia through Mold Lab. And I'll pop some of the international resources for you as well if you wanted to explore that if you're in the UK or if you're um, in the States. And what I find really interesting, um, we've moved to a place with floorboards, we've got three air filters throughout the apartment. Um, it's been recently uh, renovated uh, in about a year ago, um, and uh, and we we're somewhere where we can open windows and have good cross ventilation. Our bathroom has a really good fan, and I still run the dehumidifiers because Sydney is often over 70% humidity and that is when mould has a field day and uh, we just don't want to get things over the 70% humidity um, range. So even though we've moved to a dry place and no carpet, which I, that's, I think that's my favourite thing, Ollie even wanted to put a rug in um, n- near our bed so there was something soft. I was like, nope. <laughs> We can't have any carpet. It's too much stuff that lives in the carpet. I can't believe we vacuum every two days or mop or something since we've moved in here a week ago. It is incredible what we are picking up off this floor. And all of that just lives in the carpet. And it's so much of it stays there and festers over the years. Oh my goodness. I just, we used to be able to take about a quarter of what we're taking out in one vacuum load of this apartment in our old place, which was bigger. So just to give you an idea of how much can stay in a carpet, even if you're using a really good vacuum. Um, and uh, I think feel like I tangented there. Um, 
So yeah, the Ermi and the Hertz Me test are key. The Hertz Me test is a little bit cheaper if you're on a budget. Just get that one. That will still give you a fantastic indication of um, the level of toxins in your air due to mould spores and different mould species and the key species that are known to create an inflammatory response in certain people. And it's thought to be about one in four people that find it hard to uh, detox from mycotoxin exposure. And it's thought that around 50% of buildings are water damaged. So you do the maths on the people out there that are experiencing some form of inflammation due to mold or water damage. Uh, it's, it's quite frightening. And, uh, I've vowed that whatever people invite me to speak about from now on, I will always speak about that thing, of course, but I will always briefly share my mold story. Two reasons. One, I think it's important for people who work in health, health education to be vulnerable and admit when something's not working, not right, and what they're struggling with because the, you know, um, perfect looking green smoothie drinking, um, athletically toned, um, Instagram version of what we think is, um, healthy people have their own challenges behind the scenes. And the more we talk about these challenges, the more we all realize that it is not a shameful thing to live a low tox lifestyle and still come up against a health challenge. You know, this, we don't make these lifestyle cha- changes to be bulletproof. They certainly help us. Um, and they certainly mitigate the level of damage and certainly speed up um, our recovery because we're assisting our body in every possible lifestyle way that we can. But we, we, you know, we, we can still come up against these challenges. So one, I, I talk about it because of that. So people don't feel like I'm some perfect picture of health all the time. And, um, you must be doing it wrong if you get a cold. No. Uh, but the second reason is, is because this is prevalent and there is very little awareness about it. Someone who's smart, someone who works in health education, someone who has been researching all sorts of topics for years, still lived in a water damaged building for seven years before getting out. That's me, right? That is me. And I don't want people to make that same mistake. And I want people to investigate this way earlier in their journeys towards feeling slightly off kilter, but not knowing what's going on. So um, case in point, the other night, I was giving my second talk of the year. I was at the beautiful Flow Athletic Studios in Paddington um, for their Flow 5 team challenge that they're doing, uh, which is a gorgeous, uh, balanced um, and really nurturing lifestyle challenge that they hold. I think they're commendable as a community um, to not be um, teaching in that uh, dogmatic, quit absolutely everything kind of way. It's, it's wonderful to see. Um, just, you know, start from where you are with what you've got and let's aim for this. Much better messaging, really healthy. And um, there I was and, so of course, I just told my mold story and, um, and three, no, two people came to me at the end and said, you know, it's really interesting that you mentioned that. I just started thinking about my auntie straight away. She's been living in this place and she shared her story. Then another woman said, you know, I started to have gut problems as soon as I moved to this house in Woolara. They literally, the only thing that changed was that we moved house. And I've always said to my husband, it feels heavy there for me. It doesn't feel like I'm thriving. I don't feel my best anymore. And I refuse to believe that that's because I'm a mom or I'm busy or, you know, all the reasons that people say, oh, you know, you just got to get more sleep or you probably got adrenal fatigue or all those sorts of things. And um, and to be able to then help people start their journey, find a building biologist, get them to assess your place for moisture. Are there any hot spots in the ceiling, in the walls that could be indicating that there's a systemic leak or water damage in your building? I'm not talking about like condensation in your bathroom. That's something that you've just got to get those windows open or buy a dehumidifier. That's like surface mold that's going to grow if you create humidity inside your home in some way. But if you have all your windows open and you have dehumidifiers and and you're experiencing symptoms around the inflammatory symptoms, then please, um, you know, check out for systemic issues. Check with a building biologist if you can, um, whether there might be any leaks. Check, uh, we do an ERMI test or a Hertz Me test. If you want to start with just the Hertz Me because it's under $200, then that's a great place to start to get an inkling of whether you've got a water damage building situation. Very, very useful stuff. So when it came to moving, uh, I, 
I realized very quickly in researching things online that there was absolutely no exact science on what was going to kill things and what what was not going to work. So you really have to just take everything in and do the best you can. We made the commitment to toss our mattresses and found a wonderful mattress recycling company that comes and picks them up from you and um, turns them into other things, thank gosh. So that was really a, a load off my mind, uh, getting rid of something so big. Um, we got rid of the couch, anything like quilts, uh, any um, pillows, cushions, all the sorts of things that mold can go way deeper into than we could possibly clean. Then we made the um, the uh, the commitment to replacing those. We also made the commitment to seriously downgrading our books and uh, anything that was slightly smelly, musty, or looked like it had a lot of dust gathered inside. Um, sometimes books have those gaps, especially older style bound books have those gaps where dust could get into and. Um, and live and create mold that we weren't going to be able to get into and clean, then those books all had to go. Uh, and we made a commitment to cleaning every single item of clothing that we had, to cleaning every single toy that my son had. Whoo, that was fun. Um, and to cleaning, what else did we, and then to treating every piece of furniture that we're going to, we're going to bring with us. So that was our chairs, table, sideboard, desks, um, and making sure that we brought over mold-free furniture, anything that we're going to bring over. So we probably only moved with about a third or even half of our um, total possessions of the last place. It's a super freeing opportunity. We digitised all of our photos. Um, a shout-out to Hutt Street Photos in Adelaide. We I sent them down because my dad's in the photographic industry. He was able to give me that tip. And so I sent all of our photos down, took them all out of the albums because the albums couldn't come because um, they were very musty smelling in a dark cupboard all that time. And um, and Hut Street Photos, guys, so inexpensive. It was only $200 to digitise every single photograph we had. And I've got three photographers in my family, so just to give you a picture of how many photos get taken in my family and printed and put in albums over the years, it's a lot. So to be able to do that for such a reasonable price was amazing. I just posted them all to them. Um in an express post box and then it, it came back to me that I can then put that in the garage and archive. It's not going to come into our homes, but we then have the digital files of all of our photos. Um, and the minimalist did a good chat on this about how when you see photos, they are, um, it doesn't matter whether you see them digitally or whether you see them in a, a um, tangible photograph, the same beautiful receptors go off in your mind about that lovely memory. So um, I'm excited to get the digitized copies today. We're going to be, I think they're coming in the post today. So that's cool. Um, and having a little look at the work they've done. Um, but uh, I, I can't rave about how wonderful and simple that service was and how good value it was. So in terms of cleaning our clothes, I bought borax from blants.com.au and we added half a cup of borax to each wash and I made sure each wash was done on hot, the hottest possible. And I also used a regular our aware sensitive that we use for um, our washes. We washed every single item of clothing that way and because we're using the super hot um, water, make sure if you are doing this that you separate your whites and your colours out because it's obviously going to – we'd been using cold washes for years so I really had to think about that. Um, and then for our dry cleaning, I took it to Dry Green um, and Dry Green are a great local business. Um, I'm not sure about um, where you find them around the world but look for silicone-based dry cleaning versus perk-based dry cleaning, which is extremely toxic. And uh, and that was <laughs> was a bit of a hefty bill. Everything that we, you know, husband's suits, uh, and I have quite a few dresses that were dry clean only. Um, bit of a dress person, so that's um, the majority of my wardrobe, unfortunately. And uh, and boy, was that um, was that a bit of a surprise. But you know, you've just you've got to do it. And I just couldn't. And we dry cleaned our blankets through them as well, um, and uh, and coats and and all that sort of stuff. I couldn't believe what it smelled like to have a, a, an item of clothing or a blanket that just did not smell musty. It was really quite a pointed difference. I didn't even realize how musty they smelt until I did this, right? 
So um, I highly recommend that uh, and finding a, a silicone-based dry cleaner near you. So that should help to, um, to help you Google. Uh, in terms of cleaning down our furniture, the first thing that we did was we used something called Concrobium, which I could buy at Bunnings. Um, and uh, what do you guys use up in the States? You go to, is it, te- no, it's not. Oh, I can't remember what the big, big way, um, uh, um, hardware store is in the States. Oh, man, I wish I could. Um, I'm sure I will be able to once I'm fully recovered from SIRS. I'm looking forward to that memory being sharp as a tack again. I was the kid that you could always ask every birthday, every phone number, every everything, all the details. Um, but uh, not right now, i got to say. Um, anyway, uh, Bunnings is our big um, place to get um, uh, concrobium here in uh, Australia, but you can Google it. You can find it on Amazon and, and all sorts. So grab yourself some concrobium and there's a water membrane kind of based. It's sort of um, you spray it everywhere, you wipe it down onto your surfaces, you let it fully dry and then you wash away with, um, with another go of it. Uh, and uh, there, I mean, there's heaps of instructions online. I'm not going to bore you with it now, but um, I, I really found that extremely effective. We tried to dry everything that we possibly could in the sun. My beautiful mum took all of our knitwear that needed to dry in the sun because we were in an apartment that didn't have a clothesline in the past one, and um, and she hand washed everything and dried it in the sun in the. Um, in the solution. Um, but back to the furniture, yeah, concrobium was what we used. And, um, and there's people that say to use ammonia, um, ammonium quaternium compounds and things as well. Um, but in the research that I did, I felt comfortable with that. I'm not saying that that was the only way to do things or you should do it my way. Please do your own research. Toxic Mold Support Australia is a wonderful website as well as the Surviving Mold website um, by Dr. Richie Shoemaker, who's treated many patients with mold illness over the years. Um, and and then anything that I wanted to wipe down, like a mirror or a couch, uh, not a couch, um, leather chairs that we have for the dining room, things like that, glass, uh, any... Um, any glass, uh, yeah, any of those sorts of things. We just wiped down with concrobium, let it dry, and then wiped it down again. I wore a HEPA filtered mask, um, a 3M mask, to clean everything because I'm the mold susceptible one. I tried wearing a full body suit as well and goggles, and I actually felt claustrophobic and it just didn't feel like it was working for me. So I just wore the mask and I made sure I had a good um, moisturizer on so that I had a good skin barrier and then had a shower afterwards to wash that away so that things weren't going straight onto my unmoisturized skin. Kind of like putting um, a good moisturizer on before kids go into a chlorinated pool so that you sort of shelter their skin, if you like, from the harshness of the chlorine. Uh, And then when it comes to my son's Lego, I um, bought laundry bags, had a disaster and put them in the washing machine first time and it shredded all the washing laundry bags and Lego went everywhere and then my husband had to spend three hours unblocking the washing machine because all the tiny little mini lightsabers of the Ninjago and Star Wars characters went in there. But um, so we, re- we regrouped and I decided to get another set of laundry bags and just do two by two in the top drawer of the dishwasher with uh, borax and um, the Thieves household cleaner, the Young Living product. Uh, and um, that was incredible. It removed all the dust, removed any mustiness from anything, uh, and it was a really quick way. Just on the quick wash, did that over and over and over again until all the Lego was clean. And then for our shoes, I scrubbed all the shoes, um, scrubbed the soles of the shoes, um, sprayed them all with concrobium and then let them dry in the sun on mum's balcony because she had a huge big balcony that we could dry things out on. And I did the same with my son's soft toys. Um, obviously because soft toys have foam on the inside, I washed those three times to make sure they really, really got right down into anywhere that, um, anything needed to be killed. And because I'm the canary in the coal mine, I gave them a really good sniff. There was only one soft toy that didn't pass my sniff test. Um, uh, and, um, and he had to be farewelled a big ducky that actually ironically, um, all the women who worked with me at Grace Brothers Chatswood back in the day in cosmetics, uh, had given me as a farewell gift. Um, 
in my uh, in our toxic cosmetic days. Um, but yeah, that was the only little guy that had to go, and um, I mean, my son was really good at letting him go. We got rid of a few um, paper based toys and things as well, and um, and it was just a really good chance to teach him that we can take pictures of things to remember certain artworks and and the really special ones to us. But the rest, it doesn't matter if we don't have them there physically. We can always look back on the little album that we've made of Sebastian's special things from when he was little in preschool and and it was incredibly freeing and and wonderful to be able to teach him to do some letting go and some decluttering at his age as well because kids tend to want to hold on to everything but again it proved it again just as with food if we give them the time if we explain the why if we help them understand that it's not going to mean they don't have stuff that they that you know or they're going to need to feel sad they're still going to be able to see that thing it'll just be in a photograph to remember that time then um then they come along for the ride kids just need a good old-fashioned explanation and they're you can get their buy-in much more easily if we take the time to explain things to them I certainly found that yet again in this example with my son so those were some of the things we did. We made sure that the removalists didn't um, bring things into the apartment uh, wearing um, their shoes that they had on. They had those little sort of dust cover booties so that they weren't bringing mould in from the old place. And we gave the whole of the new place a really good big vacuum and a mop once again with the Concrobium when we moved in just to make sure we grabbed any mold spores and, and got them out that anything that might have come over. And I have to say, it's really amazing now, having spent a week and a bit in our new place. Um, I haven't smelt mustiness once. It's really quite incredible um, to be in a dry place after so many years. And in fact, the place that we moved to our old place from before that was... Um, was extremely water damaged and we had an argument with the landlord. So it's actually been eight years that I've been in water damaged buildings. And, um, and you know, just never ignore your symptoms. If you're someone who never gets hay fever, if you're someone who never before used to have digestive problems, you never had, um, you know, nerve issues or a memory issue or, you know, if, you, if things just start to happen and you can correlate that with the time that you moved to a certain place or you holidayed in a certain place, like a really moldy area, like um, a tropical island uh, where it can be really humid and maybe it's an older style resort and the air conditioning's pumping mold around because it hasn't been serviced properly, things like that. If you can if you can correlate those two things, don't ignore those things and explore them. That is my advice. Do not let so much time. If, if, if this happened to me so that I can help accelerate people's discovery of them being affected by this, then I am just so excited. I'm happy to be your canary so that you can get well way faster and you can realize that it never needs to get to some critical horrific stage before you start actually thinking, I got to work on this. So any kind of weird niggles um, that you've never had before and all of a sudden you move somewhere or you holiday somewhere and you experience all of these health challenges, listen to that, work on it. Step one is a building biologist. Um, if you want to do a general assessment of your home, because it could well be EMFs as well. As you know, I've spoken to Nicole Bilsma on a couple of occasions on EMFs. Um, and, but just don't, don't give up and don't let people think you're crazy. Just do your research, um, and, and, um, and plot along until you find why all of a sudden you're having these issues and you've never had them before, or, um, issues have accelerated that were small and now all of a sudden they're big and it's because you've moved. Um, our homes are where we spend so much of our time, especially as someone who works from home a lot of the time. I spend almost double the time at home. So it is critically important for our homes to be healthy if we're going to be healthy. And um, and I can't recommend enough getting good air filters um, with HEPA filtration and um, good dehumidifiers. And I'll pop the brands that I use. I'm not affiliated in any way. It's not a... Um, a not, um, 
not going to financially benefit me. Um, not that I'm ashamed of, of affiliations. I have many, um, and love to, um, raise awareness on many businesses, um, Emporia Organico being one of them today's, um, show sponsor. But what I am doing is just trying to help people who feel like they've got issues around this, um, and, and get you the help you need faster than I was able to do it for myself because I just didn't have the knowledge to put two and two together early enough in the piece. Um, and so now that we're in a new place, I'm going to do a little experiment this month and I'm going to check in with you each week on this when I do the intro to the show. I'm going to write down every single thing that I buy and I'm going to tick useful and beautiful, um, and necessary, useful, beautiful, necessary. That's going to be the food that I buy or any possessions that I feel the need to bring into the home. Uh, and I'm going to check in with you on what I'm finding or what I put back on the shelf or decide not to get because I've brought this awareness around. So useful, if you want to do this with me, beautiful and necessary. And those are going to be my three metrics before I buy something. So I'll share the items also that I maybe buy by accident, you know, sometimes these things happen that I didn't run through that metric, but I'll also share the ones I decided not to get. And I'm going to do this because I want to raise my awareness now that we have culled and decluttered to such a fantastic feel of space in our home, even though it's not such a big home, it's a a small three-bedroom apartment, even though um, I've done all that decluttering, I really want to be mindful to hold on to how good this feels and take that with me into the future and not crowd our space out again with things that aren't useful, beautiful or necessary. Uh, we spend so much time in our home. When walking around, there should be an air of positivity in our vibe around the place. And I think that's really important to pay attention to in terms of what we let into the home. So that's the show for today, guys. Um, thank you so much to all of you who uh, tuned in, had a listen. I look forward to bringing you the amazing Dr. Terry Walls next week. It's, um, it's really exciting to have her on the show um, in um, the fact that she has an upcoming tour to Australia, which is really exciting. So we finally get a piece of Terry. I know the guys in the US and the UK have seen Terry a few times. So um, I'm looking forward to bringing you that chat next week. Have a wonderful week, everybody, and I'll speak to you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. And before I sign off, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that writes a review or leaves a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you listen to the show. We appreciate it so much. It's the best way you can say thank you because it helps us stay visible and it helps people who haven't listened to the show before but who might come across it in a search think, "Mm, I might give that a go. So I appreciate that and I'm wishing you the best week. Until next week, you can catch us on lowtoxlife.com. And if you want to check out those show notes, remember to put forward slash podcast and it'll take you straight there. Otherwise, I'll also see you on Instagram. I'm always posting there. It's a little bit more uh, personal and a look at sort of how I eat and what I do and my dad's pictures of blossoms and whatever else is going on. And that's at lowtoxlife. Have a great week and I'll see you next week.